You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Matchless Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I am here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Hey, it's your boy. I can't think of an intro penis. Yeah, he can only give us one of those per week, so that's, <laughs> that explains a lot. Uh, yeah, this is episode number 148. We are recording on February 27th for release on February 28th. And your ears and eyes do not deceive you. We are recording twice in one week. It was a huge week. We missed last week. And so this week was huge with information. And we didn't want another week to go by without us going over our community feedback. And we didn't want to have a three-hour show last night. So here we go. Two episodes in one week. Uh, if you are listening to this one first, definitely make sure you go back and check out 147 because that is this week as well like that's not last week's episode all right that's the one where we talk about batiste all right uh so like i said we're going to talk about community feedback or the community feedback we've gotten over since like the 18th essentially uh you know for the past two weeks we're going to dive into that uh before we get into that though i do want to welcome anybody listening for the very first time thank you for che- taking the time to check out watchpoint radio uh generally we do talk about overwatch news and competitive and some esports but the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So if you enjoy what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpointradio. And also, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. You can come in and you know join the conversation, get some games, be all good. And as always, I'd like to welcome any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to you know check us out again, whether it's your first re-listen or your 147th re-listen. We appreciate you guys coming back. Uh, we talked subscribers, new subscribers yesterday, so thank you to the new subscribers this week. Uh, no new patrons still. And like I said, this entire episode is community feedback. All right, um, so we're just going to go ahead and get started. Uh, the first is from Seer Prophet, and he says, uh, this is, he sent this to us on Twitter, he says, at Church of Jaw, so I finally started six stacking. It has totally changed the game for me. I'm having to learn to play differently. I'm learning to actually play with strategy and a game plan. That's something that almost doesn't exist in games where you don't six stack. We agree. That's why we always <laughs> say. You know, Welcome to the actual the game stack. of Overwatch. It is. And like I, think, I just think it makes the game way more enjoyable, right? Because when you are part of a team, you have a role on that team. Right. Like it was my job when we had the podcast team to be Zenyatta. So that's what I practiced. I practiced Zen. And whether I won a match or I lost a match, I was still okay with the process. What would happen as long as my stats, my personal stats were going higher, if my accuracy was better, 
if I was getting better heals, if I was putting discords on, if my calls were getting better, if I was using trance at the right time, like that was satisfying because that's what the team needed. And it also just so happened that it helped me boost my account by 500 SR once I got good, <laughs> good enough with them. So that was great. Um, so yeah, um, playing with six is the way to go. Uh, but I do want to warn everybody who listens to this. And when we say play with six, it's not the instant answer, right? Like when, if you start playing with a team, more than likely your team, when you're playing together, is going to lose for a little bit until you learn to synergize with each other. And then you learn how to work off of each other's strengths and stuff like that. Like you're going to lose, you're going to drop SR, you know? Uh, that's why if you're playing with a team, I actually do recommend you have a Smurf account. Like if you're that sensitive to your SR, like some people aren't sensitive to SR at all, right? They're not sensitive to it. But if you are sensitive to your SR dropping and stuff like that, I highly suggest that you pick up a Smurf account and play with that with with your team until you guys like really learn how to synergize and stuff like that. Right. Would you what would you say about that, Kender? <laughs> Uh, the other thing that you should really be careful of too is uh, if you are in the lower SRs, like you know mid low gold, uh, silver places like that, um, you're not necessarily just gonna get in a six stack and know what everybody's job is, know what the synergies are, know what you're supposed to do. Uh, so it may be a good idea to get on with somebody that is willing to queue at a lower level like say you have a friend that's in high plat um within the range that's cubable with you and your your team that knows how to play the game that knows how to use teamwork and can make call outs prepare you for six stacking with a group of all silvers all golds all whatever um because if you go in with an entire group of people that don't know what they're doing it's just going to be a clusterfuck and you're going to get mad at each other really fast absolutely Absolutely. Like I, I like say, I, I would just make sure that you do realize that when you first start playing as a six, there's a good possibility you're not just going to yeah. start whooping ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there, there's a very so, high chance that you're going to get pissed off at some of your best friends. <laughs> like it's just going to happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think it does, it does make a difference. So I'm glad you're having a good time, Sierra. We're, we're definitely glad you're, you're there. All right, but let's move on to our next piece of community feedback. It's actually an email from Miggy, who had some suggestions. I'm going to try to open this thing up here. All right. All right, so here we go. He says, hey, WPR team. These ideas have been in my head for a while, but I keep on forgetting to write them and get your opinions. Now, before Baptiste steal my thunder, maybe he will. Uh, I had some ideas on a new support hero. I know Ja is always thinking of a hero that can do more than just heal or boost, so here's my idea. This hero can pick up health packs from the mini-map or mega, carry up to six, and toss them to his team when they need them, similar to how Torb used to toss armor. They could also start the match with six health packs so they don't feel like they're at a distance feel like they're at a disadvantage. Give them a sprint or maybe even a super jump or wall climbing ability so they can maneuver faster around maps to pick up jump packs. This would also be the hero's form of escape as a support. One uh let's see, one ability idea could be increased team magazine size to keep them in the fight. Uh, I think he's kind of switch topics here. Yeah, actually this is another idea he had. Um so he said one ability 
idea could be to increase teammates' magazine size to keep them in the fight. Give McCree two extra shots. So, okay, so he's talking about the support. What the support do? I'm sorry. I kind of lost it there. Uh, the ultimate ability, reset teammates' cooldown within a certain radius or decrease cooldowns by two seconds if a teammate's ability was used. And then he keeps on going. It says, now for a new mode. I know it's been mentioned before about the possibility of a tug-of-war style mode. 6v6 will probably not work alone, but what if Blizz introduces a MOBA-style tug-of-war where they have Talon Soldier and OW Soldiers? Or an Omnic Rebellion, LOL. Constantly spawning, spawning, helping in every fight. Every now and then, every now and then throw in a heavy NPC like the last Archive mission to mix things up. It would be played on a payload-style map where you would try and capture the center point before making and starting and start making your push toward the enemy spawn start point. You would win by seeing who moved a payload the farthest when time runs out. Maybe even give them a team who captures the middle point and incentive like NPC more NPC soldiers for a few pushes. If you're on the talent side, you would only play talent heroes. Maybe even junk hog and ash as they're bad guys, and OW side only OW heroes. Sombra and Hanzo could probably go both ways since they really don't take a side. This might be something further down the line since the hero pool favors OW side way too much. Biggie. All right, so let's start with the hero first. Um, I think I do like the idea of taking the health packs, like being able to carry the health packs, because that's a denial right there. That's a, that's right. a, that's a strategic hero but it also means that that hero needs to be mobile enough to move around the map you know like you'd have to get a health pack from you know the direction you're coming from but also the more denial aspect is to take a health pack from behind the enemy so they don't have it anymore you know that's like we'll see when sombra hacks a health pack behind the enemy so they can't get it anymore you know that that's like a like you know a denial move and i i, I like that i like that but yeah, I think it would be helpful if you could pick up health packs and just throw it at your allies when they're ready. <laughs> or make it maybe a bit more interesting, like when he throws it out there, either side can get it, right? He has to be a bit more careful when when he's throwing stuff outside. I mean, if he's an off support, you know, that uh, if he's an off support, that may, may actually that might make him too weak now that I think about it. What do you think, Gender? Uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, you'd probably make it like uh, throw out a health pack spawn that lasts for like a minute or something like that. Uh, enough for a few health pack spawns. Maybe make it act as if it's hacked so it comes back about the same time as a hacked pack. Um, and maybe have a... You, you might even have two separate uh, health pack cooldowns. One for a small health pack, one for a mega. Although that would be kind of... Eh, why? Uh, it, it would be really interesting. It would uh, put a new aspect to map control that's not really there right now. Uh, but I could, I won't see how it would be super useful on like payload maps and things where you don't really stay in one area too long. You know what I mean? It seemed like it would be most effective on things like King of the Hill and right. probably 2CP. Yeah. And I'm looking at points he says, give him a sprint or maybe even a super jump or wall climbing ability. And I don't know, maybe I just have Apex on the brain, but I'm like, give him a grappling hook so he can make uh, you know, zip lines. And that's how he gets around. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Pathfinder. Yeah. Like Pathfinder in, in Apex. 
I don't know why I have that on the brain so much. I won't, I won't be surprised if they uh, if they kind of lift a couple of those abilities. Actually, that would be a great support ability, like a zip line, help you and your out- teammates get to places faster. Yeah, basically, you know? basically a telly that uh, that doesn't disappear and has a has a transition time. Yeah, but that's the difference, right? Like Miggy's in chat now. He says, "I got, I just, I just got in. And I did think about the grapple, but that's what Widow does." Yes, but a zip line will be different. A zip line is something that your allies can grab onto and zip to different places, like zip up the high ground. You know, right. and you, you, I, you might say, "Well, that could kind of replace symmetric because Sim, Sim could put up a teleporter and." then uh you know people can get up there but then again like sim teleporter is instant whereas the zip line the uh, enemies would have a chance to see you coming right <laughs> you know they see a big ass reinhardt on, on his way up on the zip line you know yeah That'd and you be, could uh, also I, make it so I, that you can shoot through like while you're transitioning make it so you can shoot while you're on the zip line and stuff like that yeah that would actually be cool like i think that'd be pretty cool yeah so Maybe it's time for them to steal an idea too. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one of the abilities, at least uh, for sure, uh, Mirage's ability was stolen from old Halo. Uh, I think it was maybe Reach. One of the abilities I had was the same exact kind of hologram that they used for Mirage and Apex. Uh, it even wow. works the same. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of useless in Halo because it was pretty freaking obvious because you know no, you're not sitting there and teabagging and ducking and everything like that and it's kind of obvious even in apex uh, but yeah so, so that was a that was ability they definitely lifted from old school halo yeah yeah think of a like in terms of supportability a zipline will be a like that's pretty supportive right like you know not only does it get you to places faster but it can also get you high ground and stuff like that it changes like you know the verticality of the game that's pretty i think that's pretty fucking cool you know right so it says when i i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say uh or even if you don't really want to replace symmetra maybe make one that can create like a platform or something like that like a temporary platform like like you zip line up to it and there's a temporary platform that you can see through but you can't shoot through or anything like that last Mm. what like 20 30 seconds maybe making it old yeah the third idea like the i want to be able to to increase teammates magazine to keep them from keep them in the fight i don't think mag like you know people run out of ammo is a huge problem for most heroes you know especially now mccree for example right like he just rolls and he can get his his ammo back um and most reloads are pretty short like i really don't see most heroes backing out of a fight to reload their gun like the only certain heroes like zen right zen has a long reload time uh arissa has a long reload time yeah she also has a magazine the size of freaking elephant yes she does (laughs) (laughs) it would be interesting if they like you'd have to be a really big boost to magazine size to make it viable so like a 50 percent increase would be viable true yeah they could just keep firing at that point and reset teammate cooldowns with certain radius or decrease cooldown times by two seconds. I have a feeling they're going to have a a hero that does it eventually, but the thing that you're afraid of is the balance, right? The balance, because, you know, certain... Like, imagine I'm a Kree with, that could roll and uh, fan the hammer three times, you know? 
wipe out a whole goddamn team. You want to stop goats? There you go. One for each tank. <laughs> See, if you had ult, then you could fan the hammer, roll, fan the hammer, ult, fan the hammer, whatever that ability is, fan the hammer. So that's four times yeah. in a row. No stopping him. That's that's a dangerous ability. That is a dangerous <laughs> ability, I will say. So I uh, no. I don't know about that one. Now, to your idea about the the six v six tug of war, what you're mentioning sounds a lot like Battleborn. I'm not sure if you've ever played Battleborn. Actually, have you played Battleborn, Kinder? I've not. I've heard a lot of people talk about it though. Battleborn had the unfortunate timing of coming out between Doom 2016 and Overwatch. <laughs> like both those games came out in May, if you remember correctly. So, like when one of the weeks between you know, May 24th and whenever Doom came out, Battleborn dropped. <laughs> and it had a really rough launch because they did not explain well how to play the game. And that way, if you want to talk about a first-person MOBA, that shit was a first-person MOBA because I'm pretty sure the objective in the primary game was to get your robots into this machine, right? Or into this machine or have this machine destroy your robots, but stop the enemy robots from getting destroyed, right? You want to stop their mobs, essentially, uh, while also killing the enemy. So um, that's what it kind of sounds like where, you know, where, you know, it, you have robots spawning for each side, <laughs> you know? And I do kind of like the idea of the town soldier versus the OW soldiers, but you're right. There's just so much on the Overwatch side of things right now. Um, and I guess heroes who aren't affiliated with each, um, you know, could go either way. But there's just so many heroes associated with Overwatch. You, you even said McCree could go either way. But uh, oh no, so I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. You said Hans, Sombra and Hanzo. This is McCree. Um, but yeah, Sombra and Hanzo, like they could go their own ways. Um, I'm trying to think who else could go their own way. Well, Anna's Overwatch again, so never mind yeah. that. Lucio could go his own way, you know, stuff like that. I, so, I think know, they, Lucio's pretty solidified in Overwatch, isn't he? No, he's not an Overwatch. He, he's a freedom fighter in Brazil, but he's not a part of Overwatch. Oh. He's a DJ. Diva's also not Overwatch. Diva is Mecha. So, you know, um, Hammond's not Overwatch. Let's see who else is in Overwatch. Uh, Tank Orissa's not Overwatch. You know. Uh, in terms of DPS, who's in Overwatch? Symmetra. She's not Overwatch. Although Orissa, she would kind of by default have to be because she was created as a retaliation to Doomfist destroying Numbani. She was, but she's still not Overwatch. Like I'm, we're talking about, people who are officially in Overwatch. That's that's my criteria. I'm not bending the rules for anybody, you know. So I mean, if that's the case, Sim should be Talon because she works for an organization that is trying to, you know, kind of take over there. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but I do I do like that. I mean, they just need to they need a new game mode, but I think. I think the thing is, though, they need a new game mode that could be played in comp. Because if you think about it, they have given us new game modes. They gave us 3v3 elimination. They gave us 4v4 deathmatch. They gave us capture the flag. What we need is something that they're actually going to care enough about to balance. Even though I am thankful for the change they made to 3v3 elimination. Like, that, that hero elimination made a big deal in 3v3. 
in my opinion, and that was huge. And I, I really yeah. do like that. And I'd play 3v3 more if it was a poor permanent fixture in the arcade. <laughs> I don't understand why game like the modes like that, like 3v3 elimination, 4v4 deathmatch, should just it should just be permanent fixtures in the arcade. But yeah, and really, honestly, I think they should remove them from the arcade arcade altogether and have them in their own competitive category. That would bring people in more, in my opinion. That is true, because you have people who don't want to do 6v6 comp, but like will love to do 3v3 you know, comp on their yeah. own. I mean, shit, man. We are, we do get Lucio, Lucio Ball every summer at this point, but let's be real. like People aren't coming back to Overwatch just to play Lucio Ball. Just make Lucio Ball permanent. You know? Make it permanent. Uh, and people will, people will play the shit out of that. They would. You know, yeah. You want to talk about bringing people back into the game, and then eventually they might spill their way back into quick play. Might spill their way back into uh, you know competitive, or at the very least, make Lucio Ball a custom game mode that you can use. Right, that is true. You could do that as well. So, but I think yeah, I think the important thing right now would be to make a game mode that can be used. And comp, and hopefully, I'm hoping by the time we have the anniversary, they have something. I, I hope they have something. Like I think they need to, they need something big, and they need something big soon. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I think, like they uh, actually, we're going to get deeper into it next week. But they, uh, Jeff Kaplan, uh, did do an interview with was Stylosa. And yeah. I know that they are really looking into a two 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 roll queue, which I don't know if that's gonna if that's the thing that they need. I'm not necessarily sure about that. It depends what changes come along with it, but I don't even know if that's gonna be here by year three. Like you know, and then I guess after that it's BlizzCon. If they don't have anything by BlizzCon, man, I think that's when this, the more serious talks start. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, so. I don't know, but they need something. They need something big, and they need it sooner than later. Because Apex is just getting more popular. Um, it's not like newer games aren't going to be coming out, you know. So yeah, we'll see what they do. But thanks for the email, Maggie. Really do appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the sharing your ideas. And don't be shy. You can always share your ideas. I know you're never shy, so it's, it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so with that, we're gonna actually going to move into the questions that we get from Discord, which, like I said, we have a few because, you know, we we missed the show last week, so I'm trying to pull those up now. All right, so here we go. Start with Wood Tier Guru. He says, generally, tank and support synergies are fairly obvious. Certain main tanks and off tanks go together, and there and certain main supports and off supports go together. Part of the downside to the large number of DPS heroes in the game is that they are broken down more into flankers, projectile, and hit scans rather than simple main DPS and off DPS. This makes composition, oh, so composition building for the layman even harder than it needs to be. What are the rules of thumb you and your team use to theorycraft your DPS compositions? Or is the answer just go goats? <laughs> Uh, at the higher level, just go goats. Like uh, that's pretty much it. But uh, at the lower levels, I I would say far is a problem at the lower levels. Uh, so usually you can get away with one hit scan and one alternate DPS, 
Um, you want flankers together. So if you're running dive, then you want to run flankers like uh, Genji, Sombra, uh, Reaper, maybe. If you really want to just get killed, things like that. Um, if you're going for raw damage, uh, Death Ball or Pirate Ship, things like that, then you can run Bastion, uh, Soldier, uh, heroes like that. Um, it really depends on the rest of your comp. Each DPS hero has a role to fill. Uh, and whether you're doing flanking, you're taking high ground, or you're doing raw damage, that's going to be really the deciding factor of what DPS you need to roll out with. Yeah, I mean, I kind of... Like, I'll pick, like, a a, a DPS... Like, if I play DPS, I'll pick, like, a, a you know DPS to start with, but, like, I really don't really choose my DPS until the game starts so I can see what they have. You know? That's... right. And I'm not a DPS main either, so I think it's a little different for DPS mains because they have their characters that they're really good at. Like, you know, there's certain characters that are really never bad unless they're being hard countered, like a Genji, right? Like, when is a Genji bad to have if you're a good Genji? When is a Tracer bad to have if you're a good Tracer, you know? When they're running Um, (laughs) Well, If she can catch you, that's that's kind of the thing. but like you know, you can be a great soldier, and it's just not going to work out because they're running shields, you know, and you're spending most of your time running in shields. You can't get good positioning, maybe, um, you know. So there's never a bad time to run soldiers. Sometimes it's a bad time to run reaper if you know you're just going to get stunned to death once you jump into their group. You know, you have to look at what they're running, I think, and go go from there. Yeah, in terms of DPS. I don't know if you can. I'm, I I just don't think there's a such thing as a main DPS and off DPS because all DPS do damage. You know, there's no. I don't think there's any DPS that's more utility than damage. Whereas with off tanks, there are tanks that are more utility than tanky. Right? Uh, there uh, for supports, there's supports that are more utility than healing. With DPS, everybody does damage. It's just how they do it. You know, Tor. You know, Tor might have been a bit more utility when he had his like help his uh, armor packs, but fuck that. Now he's just like I said, gun to the side, thug life. So Tor, <laughs> that that's what he that's what he does now. Uh, I mean, Sim, she was she should have been a defender when that category existed, but she was still more utility. Now you just like the longer you're alive as Sim, the worse it's going to be for them. <laughs> you know, um. So yeah, it's. I think you can't. I don't think you can do main DPS off DPS. What were you gonna yeah. say, Kinder? Yeah, you you're not gonna be able to break them into two categories. They really go into categories of you're gonna have your snipers, which are Hanzo Widow. Uh, you're gonna have your hit scan McCree Soldier. Uh, you're gonna have your flankers Tracer Genji, whatever, whatever, and then your niche picks like Symmetra and Doomfist. Uh, and Really kind of Sombra. I guess Sombra would be kind of in the niche category, even though she's super crazy good effective. That would be more utilitarian. Uh, so that That's would probably be the DPS, yeah. yeah, that would probably be the fourth category. So I would say those those four categories can probably fit in most DPS fairly well as they are in the game right now. Right. Yeah, like it's. I don't think you would pick somebody like. You wouldn't pick Farah just because you need projectile damage, right? You pick Farah because they don't have anything to pluck you out of the air with. Right. You know, you don't pick Junkrat because he has projectile damage. You need you pick him because you need 
grenades going into that shield to break it. <laughs> you know, you need shield break. Uh, you know, so that's kind of that's it. Like I, even like in, with DPS, like you kind of, I think it gets separated. A, if you want to talk about separation, right? You have like uh, you know, a hit scan damage versus like you know, not even hit scan damage versus burst damage, but like burst damage is a category, right? Some some compositions like or it it really uh, is helpful to have burst damage, especially when they're running squishy healers like Zen or um, Zen or actually oh, all the healers are squishy. Sorry, <laughs> but you know when when they're running or immobile heroes like yeah. that or listen uh let's not even say that you know you're trying to kill the uh trying to kill a supporter squishy right you have to take into consideration well if they pop zen ult does that completely nullify everything i'm doing if you have enough burst damage you you actually can kill somebody through zen ult. like Farah's ultimate can kill people through zen ult because it's a ton of burst damage same thing with Junkrat tire you know so you have a Zen that's popping off and always has trance when he needs it. Well, maybe you should switch to a character that can just lay out a shit ton of burst damage when necessary, you know, and you right. can get through it. So that's a consideration. Right. And those, well. those immobile heroes, um, you got someone like Doomfist who hard counters uh, an Ana because she is completely immobile or you can bait out Zen ult with his ultimate. Um, a Doomfist ultimate is an almost guaranteed kill on Ana. And about 50-50, bait and ult or kill is in. Uh, so you're going to get value out of that. So it's just, it's all counterplay. It's the entire game based around counterplay, around those heroes. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to consider. But like, you know, moving it into like that more simple category of main DPS versus off DPS, I just don't think is uh, is really that, is really possible for the way this game plays. Uh, but let's move on to the next message, which is actually also from Woodtier Guru. He says, I have run teams with regular meetups just uh, from just friends before, and that usually entail building compositions from the limited hero pool of what they could play. I'm about to be recruiting for a new team built from the ground up with new players, and I'm interested to hear what hero competencies you would look for from applicants. What other team management factors do you think most people don't think of when starting a new competitive team? Um, in terms of composition, and I hate to say this, but you're going to be playing competitively, right? That means you're going to be playing to win. You are not just playing for fun. Uh, that's what playing competitive is. That being the case, you should, you know, we already know goats are strong. And a lot of the teams you play against are going to be running goats. So I would say the first priority is getting people who can play the heroes that are meta, I think. You know. The, the hero like that's that should be the first priority is getting people who can play the heroes that are meta, you know. And also getting people who are flexible because you know, this is a game of const, of, of change, right? It's a game of change. You need people who can switch from role to role. Like you don't want to get somebody who's like, "Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> I play goats. I play brig, and that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> you know, what if you need to switch out to a different comp, like you know, uh, Dragon Ball comp, or you need to actually dive, and you know, something like that. Like you know, you do need flexible people. But and this is me not having run a team in Overwatch. I've run teams for other games in the past. You know, Counter Strike, Unreal, Call of Duty, Battlefield, stuff like that. Um, even Quake. But 
this game is a little different because like, each character requires like a kind of a different skill set and, and you have to play it a different way. So um, I would say definitely try to pick up people who can play the meta characters, but also people who are strong in their roles too. Like if somebody says they play Brig, which is like an off heel, well, what other off heels can you play? You know, that makes sense. What, what you got, Kender? Uh, that pretty much covers it. Uh, the biggest thing I think is going to be you're going to want to have two DPS, you're going to want to have a main heal off heal and a main tank off tank main that can play most, if not all, the roles within off tank, main tank, whatever, uh, whatever their specific role is. And then things like goats, make sure that you have people that, that make sure that your DPS can switch to fill the other roles uh, in goats. And we just got a message here from from uh, Dude Abides about some PTR well, changes later. coming. Well, later. Later. But Later. these are, oh, God, these are something. We're going to get through the community feedback first, and then we will get to what he just posted. I was going to save it. We're, 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 we said there's a community feedback episode. That's what we're covering first. So. Oh, man. <laughs> Here we come, hour-long episode. <laughs> so you're done with your advice? <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, let's get through the shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... um. Yeah, like that. That I mean, that that Kinder's right. I mean, we're, I think that was good advice from both sides. Um, in terms of team management factors, running a team is a lot of organization, right? Um, especially if you're leading it, and it's like sometimes like kind of herding babies together. You know, um, team management. The first thing you got to iron out is the schedule. If you can make a schedule. And you can make it consistent. That is going to save you a lot of time, right? And a lot of frustration. Like what you shouldn't be doing is, you know, five minutes before you're ready to play. Like, hey, who's around? Like, you know, anybody want to play? Like, anybody want to play? Like, these these are shots fired come? directly at me, by the way. <laughs> I'm captain of our yeah. current team. <laughs> What you should do, Kinder, no, I'm joking, <laughs> what you should be doing is you get schedules. Say, okay, guys, we need to come up with a scrim schedule or a schedule or a time where we're all going to be together. And you start that conversation about when people are available. And you go, okay, Monday nights, we're all going to play together. Um, you know, stuff like that. And Or you can at least plan what you're going to do, right? Like, Because it's more than just scrimming. You need to do VOD reviews, too. That is extremely important. If you don't look at of your losses, 100%. Like, your wins, you can look at them. But your losses, you got to look at that shit, you know? And you need to see what's happening from different perspectives, which is why they need a fucking replay system in this game. But I'll believe that alone for now. But, yeah, like, I'm if you have... Bot- emulate Fortnite system, it would be amazing. That is such a good fucking replay system, and it needs to be done in more games. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, if you, like, you know... One set schedules, right? Get everybody a schedule, um, and then you know say, okay, well, we're gonna scrim and we're gonna do vod reviews, and we're gonna have conversations and you know stuff like that. Uh, but that's I think that's one of the biggest things is schedules because what's gonna happen if you don't have a schedule is people are just gonna pop on at different times versus knowing when everybody is gonna be on and making an effort to be out there. You know what I'm saying? Making an effort to be there. So oh, you definitely got to set schedules. That's the other thing that you absolutely have to look for. Similar time zones. I would say 
within two time zones, of, like within one time zone of each other, like your whole team's got to be it. Like if you're on Eastern, then Eastern Central, nobody from any other time zone because you have one guy that always shows up at like one in the morning. Hey, you guys on? Oh, we're, we're getting off. We're going to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like if you, if you are forming a team, you should form it around. I mean, as the leader. Unless you have, unless your your schedule is off, like unless you stay up late or you're on early, you really got to make it based off your your time schedule. Okay. Like you know, the the team moves to the beat of your drum, essentially, right? So yes, yeah, so the biggest factor in team management is schedules. If I were you, I mean, I would even you could even make like a calendar and just give everybody access to it, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, make a fucking um, Google Doc, like. <laughs> Yeah, make a Google Doc, stuff like that. You know, you might want to make like a Google Drive for to share the team. Where if you, uh, you know, if you talk about certain things, or if like you do like a VOD review and you leave notes and stuff like that, they can kind of see it. Um, obviously, you want to have a Discord, and you want to use that Discord, you know, to organize uh, various things like you know various resources people can use. Like you know, you put like the the uh, uh, not accuracy calculator. What was it called? The um, sensitivity calculator in there, so your teammates can use it. And they know what sensitivity they should be running based off of the type of mouse they're using or the DPI. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Visor.gg is still working as a bot review service, like post game bot review service. Right. Uh, so that would be the first thing that you would probably want to use for your team as far as bot reviews and stuff. I mean. On Wawa's guys, they use it. Um, matter of fact, they're right here on the front page, Wawa's Bootcamp. I couldn't remember the yep. name, so I had to Google it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, using tools like that. We used that before when we started uh, Team Mike Rick. Um, well, before it became Team Mike Rick, we used a couple of uh, VOD reviews on there, and it's a really good service. works really well. They have right. like that whole John Madden kind of like doodling feature, which is pretty cool. Yep. You could draw penises all day. <laughs> <laughs> First thing we did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I would, like I said, if anything, I would definitely make sure you you get a schedule set, and you have the expectation, like, okay, we're doing scrims this day, we're doing rock reviews this day, you know, et cetera. And then any additional days you can get in the scrim practice, that's extra. You know what I'm saying? But you know for sure that you're practicing at these times. That's just that. That's just something you got to do, Kinder. But um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our next, which is from Mogbit. He says, "So I was listening to the show, and the topic of stats was brought up, and I got thinking. I got to thinking about useful info to help players to get better. And one thing, some old shooters I played, and heat maps showing. I guess he said that he played some old shooters and had heat maps showing where you died the most and where you were going to get." where you were getting the most kills on each map. I was thinking it would be great a great thing for Overwatch players to see how much their positioning affects their games. It can show people what areas you, what areas you are working for certain heroes and what not. What what areas are working for certain heroes and what's not. I'm I'm just reading it the way it's typed, folks. I'm not well, I was going to fuck it, I'm not retarded, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What would you guys say? What would you guys think if this was a feature in the game? For certain heroes, I think it would... I'm trying to think, like, for healers, maybe, it would be helpful. Uh, 
for DPS, some DPS maybe. But here's, here's the thing about Overwatch though, right? It's not just a static map that you're moving around in, right? You know, it's not like a regular arena shooter where you could be at any part of the map at any given time. The thing about Overwatch is that the map moves. The only maps that are static are King of the Hill maps. But even there, fights move from different locations. So I think you're going to have big red dots in different places on King of the Hill. You're going to have big red dots on the point. You're going to have big red dots in the front of enemy spawn sometimes. Like, let's say, um, Lijiang Tower, Night Market. You're going to have a big red spot in the middle of the map where the where the point is. You're going to have big red spot in front of the both uh, choke points because that's where fights happen. Uh, King's Row, you're going to have big red dots on the control point, you know. And then a long streak <laughs> in that second in that second push, or maybe no streak at all because it's hit or miss. To be honest with you, on some games, right? But it would uh, be, in my opinion, most useful for sniper characters like Widowmaker and Hanzo for positioning. Um, it would be really hard to do something like that for Ana, whose positioning is crucial. Uh, so maybe amount of heals given, uh, I mean, heat map for that would be helpful. Um, but otherwise, like for mobile characters like Genji, he's all over the fucking place. Like he's going to be getting yeah. kills where the enemies are. Otherwise, but he, go ahead. yeah, even something like Anna though, where you don't like. Okay, fine. It gives her a red dot where she died. But what happened there? She could have been in a good position at the time because the Reinhardt shield was up. But all of a sudden, he puts it down, and a Hanzo shoots a random arrow, boom, right in the head. You know, just just unlucky. As people like to say, unlucky. Like that shit happens all the time. Like you don't, you can't control what your Reinhardt's doing. It's different if the the healer's just kind of sitting out in the open. Then it's pretty obvious. But if you actually have decent positioning, and you're the person, you know, your your tank or the, your damage mitigator is letting you down, that's a different story. So I don't know if it'll be too helpful in a game like this because fights move from place to place, and the, and the situations are always changing. That that's the thing. So, well, you got anything else in that, Kendra, or are you ready to move on? Nah, you just have a big splotch on points. <laughs> yeah, that would, just, be, it would be a big splotch on points. You're absolutely right. Uh, so, moving on to our next, it's uh, Gumby12. He says, I was just wondering how valuable sites like Overbuff are and how seriously you take those stats because I'm only a silver gold border player, and my current Overbuff profile tells me that I have top 4% accuracy as one of my mains. And top 3% deaths, I find that hard to take seriously because, well, I'm bordering silver and gold. I know there's a lot more that goes into the game than that. I'm just curious as to how accurate these readouts are. Thanks again. Love the show. I'll actually tell you exactly what that means because on five or six characters for the longest time, I had like top two, top 1% accuracy. And I was like, why am I, why am I still so low? This is when I was about the same level as you are. And what I eventually found out that meant was I was making shots. Yeah, I was making accurate shots, but I was only shooting for safe, safe shots. Um, like my Zenyatta accuracy was like tip top, but I wasn't getting all that many kills or confirms or damage or anything to go along with that. So if you got super high accuracy and a shit ton of damage, shit ton of kills, yeah, that's one thing. But if you have high accuracy and not much damage or kills, you're not spamming spamming orbs trying to control an area like you should be. 
Like if you're not spamming down a hallway trying to catch a shot, you know, if you're not constantly pumping out damage because there's no ammo. Why are, why, why are you worried about your accuracy? Because I was worried about it to begin with. Once I stopped worrying about that accuracy stat and started just trying to throw shit down range at any given time, trying to throw it into a Ryan shield, trying to throw it and catch anybody random. And then, yeah, of course, when somebody starts coming up in my shit and I have an opportunity, yeah, I take my time and make a shot then. But there's not really any point in Overwatch when an enemy team is pushing you that you shouldn't be throwing damage down range, really. Unless you're trying to not poke, you know. Right. Yeah, and plus, like, at different ranks, the game, it can actually be a bit easier to get certain stats, right? Like, in, in down and silver and gold and bronze, a lot of your enemies don't position themselves well. So you're going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot somebody. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot somebody and hit somebody, you know, stuff like that. Uh, all that being said, the overbuff stats and stuff like that, they're not useless. You just have to be, you just have to look at them uh, a little differently, right? Just because it says you're top this percent on overbuff doesn't actually mean anything because one, all players don't use overbuff. It's even worse now because a lot of players have their profiles hidden. So you're only top 4% of what they can see on their site. What you probably want to look at are the numbers and if they're increasing, right? So like when I knew I was getting better at Anna, when I would see my my heals went from like uh, average, right? 6K per game, 7K per game, the 9K per game, the 10K per game. Like those were my average heals and that itself, you know, was increasing, right? Uh, also, Anna's a little different because the accuracy there matters a bit. It matters a bit uh, uh, more because that's your teammate that you're trying to hit, not the enemy team. Um, not to mention, you still can draw things from that, right? So, like, if you have your heals are low, but your damage is high with Anna, you're obviously trying. You're, you're shooting too many enemies. <laughs> you know, like you, you, that's 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 part of the problem. So, you kind of have to look at each character and see what stats they have for them. And just kind of interpret them for each individual character. You know, if you're Soldier 76 and you're shooting and you see that your damage is going up, that's good. That means you're actually hitting more of your shots and you're taking more shots and hitting them. But then you also have to look at how many kills you're getting. Because if your kill, if your damage is going up but your kills aren't, what are you doing? Laying in the tanks? Uh, you're not getting, you're not confirming kills. Essentially, you're just give, giving trash damage for their healers to heal and get their ultimate. So, you know, what are you doing? That's why you have to interpret it differently for every uh, character. So having the stats is good. They're definitely not useless, but you don't want to throw them in somebody's face. Like, my overbuff stats say I'm top 4%. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah. want to. Yeah, you don't want to so, do that. I would say probably <laughs> the biggest stats to look for uh if you're not playing tank is going to be how many heals that you have, like the amount of heals you do per game and the amount of damage you do per game. Uh, limbs are probably kind of up there too, but I would say damage is probably the more important uh, and more reliable factor to go off of. Um, as far as tanks, it's kind of just everything all together. It's like their whole thing because their kit's so different and difficult to measure. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's a bit, you know, difficult. 
Yeah, and your deaths. Well, yeah, so- that's going to be another big one. Is uh, if you're dying a lot, because if you're right. doing a lot, yeah, your stats are high as shit. But you've also in the bottom two percent as far as deaths with like tracer or something like that, and you're just feeding the enemy ults and just dying every fight. Right. Yep. All right, so we'll move on to our next one, which is actually from the Wood Tier Guru again. He says, Arissa, Diva, Bastion, Symmetra, Mercy, Bap- uh, Batiste, Amplification Matrix, and Immortality Field seem like natural synergies with Bastion. We have seen buffs to Bastion, Arissa, and Sim over the past couple months. Is this the meta? Is this the meta it has been building to? How do y'all feel about this? Dude, the fuck? I brought a Bastion meta? Like, we've had Bastion metas before, and they have been horrible. We do Bastion, Bastion mains. Say Bastion is a character they don't want to see in every single game. You know, Bastion, Bastion slows the game down, you know, and forces you to work as a team just to defeat it. This is why I don't like Bastion. Is a Bastion beatable? 100%. But the level of effort that the, if your team has to put in versus a team that is using a running Bastions and shields with a mercy and shit like that. And now with Immortality Field, it's just way easier. It's way easier to run that comp than it is to defeat it. I'm, I'm sorry, it is. And, you know, at the higher levels of Overwatch, sure, they can defeat it more easily. That's why it's not run all the time. But that's super high-level play, you know? We're talking about like how many people are in Diamond and above. Like, it's isn't it? I think, like, it's the Diamond is, like, you know, top 13% of players. So you're talking eighty-seven percent bulk because even in platinum, people still have that problem. Even in high plat, people still have the problem uh, organizing against a bastion. Like I can't tell you, I, I would be playing in high plat, and I can't tell you how many times we'd see you, you see them get onto the pirate, you see them get on the bastion, you see them set up the pirate ship, and you, I'll even say, keep high ground. When they come underneath us, we will dive on top of them, and people just don't get it. They just they dive too early. They jump down too late. They don't bubble. They don't matrix. You know, that's why you don't want to see a bash meta. You just, you, you, I don't want to see a bash meta at all. And you're right. These, these, uh, these buffs that they're getting, um, will help Bastion a bit more. To be honest, with you. especially that immortality field. Like I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, but you can shoot it. Yeah, you can shoot it while Bastion is just throwing a volley of bullets at you. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I'm not a... And I'm pretty sure like if a smart Batiste will wait until the shield is broken and they're diving on the Bastion. You know? That's what he'll wait for. So, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that, so... <laughs> I think you pretty uh, much hope... covered that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not... Um, do you have anything to add, Kender? I mean, this is my thought, my sentiments exactly. Um, I just the exact same. I can't think of anything else to add to it because you just put everything in there, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the last one we have is also from Wood Tier Guru. He says, now that I look at specific wording for amplification matrix, it does say that double damage for allied projectiles. Which lessens the synergy with Bastion and turret form, but still holds synergies with Sim and Orissa as well as Bastion as conf- configuration tank. Um, that was just worded poorly. It is hit scan too because I saw a, I saw a video where they put the matrix up, they boosted Widowmaker, and 
she one shot a Winston that Jesus. went primal rage. <laughs> like, yeah, no, sorry. Like, uh, yeah, it's still it's your original fear is correct. <laughs> you know, if they, if they put that back, if they put that matrix in front of Bastion, he is going to fuck shit up. It is a, it is a complete area of denial tool. Like when that matrix is up, you sh- cannot be on the other side of it. You can't. Simple as that. You just can't. Luckily, the Matrix can't turn once it's placed, right? Uh, and I don't know how, if you put it on the payload, I wonder if you can put it on the payload. That would scare the shit out of me if you could put it on a payload. Oh, God. Uh, that would be Double really, damage pirate really, ship? Really bad. Fuck that. Oh, my God. That would be so bad. But I do think they need to put a cap on amp- amplified damage. They do. They, it, need, it needs to stop stacking at a certain point. Yeah, they're going to have to. We'll tell them that because they are releasing this into the wild the way it is. So I, get ready for that that adventure. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that what will eventually happen because I don't think they're going to change this kid immediately, which is probably going to probably something they should do, but something they won't. Uh, but I think what they'll end up eventually doing, if not soon, uh, is making that immortality field naturally decrease health as the timer runs out. So if you don't shoot it, then it still lasts eight seconds. But the health bar on it decreases from 250 to zero over that eight seconds. So it takes less damage as it stays up longer to kill it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I think, think that would be a semi-fair compromise. Right. Well, that sounds about right. All right. So, yeah, that's all we have for community feedback. I want to thank everybody for reaching out to us, giving us community feedback. We we do really like when you guys, you know, ask us questions or bring up topics, send ideas, tell us about your Overwatch stories and stuff like that. We really do appreciate that. So definitely keep doing it. That's why I didn't want to miss another week uh, where we didn't do the community feedback. As you can see, we had quite a bit. I mean, how long has the show been running for? It's been running for almost an hour just off of community yeah. feedback. So uh, thank you guys a lot. Uh, that being said, the dude abides did drop some news into the, into our uh, Slack channel while this was going on. There's additional PTR updates, and we're just gonna go through it. Okay, mm, boy, tasty. <laughs> first up, <laughs> no, fuck you, Kender. I'm mad already. <laughs> so first up is Junkrat Frag Launcher impact damage increased from forty to sixty. Stop. Now, by impact damage, I think, <laughs> I think they mean by impact damage, like direct hits with the grenades. Uh, do they have splash damage? I don't know. If they, no, I don't think they yeah, have direct that. hits with the grenades. Like, OK, fine. So if you suck with Junkrat and you're not getting grenade hits, fine. But, you know, no, fuck that. <laughs> it didn't need to be more powerful. It didn't need to be more powerful. I'm sorry. Um, Lucio is getting a, a nerf. Substantial um, nerf at that. Substantial nerf. Speed song effect lowered from thirty percent to twenty percent. Amp it up. Speed song amped reduced from seventy percent to fifty percent. Wall ride passive movement speed gained while wall riding increased from twenty percent to forty percent. I don't like that because there are so many Lucios that it's like they forget that yeah they're wall riding faster than you and they just completely move their their circle away from you after a while like. They just they outrun you because they're wall riding while you guys are on the ground. Like Lucio, you gotta come back and get us. Like you know, you can't leave us. Yeah, That's fucking annoying. It's, it's as if this was a patch made specifically for DSP Stanky. Like this is a solo Lucio's dream come true. At least the third one is. 
Yeah, so his his speed's being reduced for everybody else except him. Um, McCree, bonus damage ramp from previous 1.3 change will now begin after 1.5 seconds to 2 point... Fuck! So, <laughs> if you listen to the episode yesterday, it was something like he used to, after 2.5 seconds, he used to do like 250 damage, let's say. And they bumped that up to like 550 damage. But you had to be locked on to somebody for 2.5 seconds. They've reduced that by a full second. So if you lock on to somebody by two, for 1.5 seconds, you will hit them for 500 damage. They hate tanks. They hate tanks because of goats. <laughs> this is a, oh my this god! Is a death sentence for anybody. Like if even if you're like a pharmacy that's kind of half in the sky a little bit, the natural drop speed you're gonna get locked on and destroyed. Yeah, like wow, that that yeah, that, that, this is crazy. We're we're getting ready to head into a DPS meta, guys. Like, and it's gonna be terrible because most people are terrible at DPS. <laughs> Which we asked for lower TTK, and this may be the ticket to lower TTK. That is true. That is true. So Reaper passive heal amount reduced from fifty percent to forty percent because yeah, it was a bit much. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um. Symmetra, Photon Projector, primary damage ramp speed increased by 20%. Ow, what the fuck are they doing? Symmetra's gonna be a fucking monster. She's already a monster. They increased it by 25% before, and now it's another 25%. She has an almost 50% increase for damage ramp. They want you playing at level 3. They're going Just make the level 3 damage nerf now. Just make the level 3 damage nerf now. Please. Because it's going to happen. Almost a 50% increase in terms of speed to get to level 3. Kendra, you have played with me on Sim. Is it not fucking dangerous already? It's ridiculous as it is. Jesus Christ. Stop. Like now, it is literally a hazard for the enemy Reinhardt to keep his shield up. The enemy Reinhardt, if they're responsible, needs to put their shield down when Symmetra starts firing at him. He does. Like, he would need to put the shield down and pray that his team can kill the enemy Symmetra, who's also probably behind a Reinhardt shield, because that's how I play it. Like, when Dude is playing, I say, keep your shield. I explained it yesterday. You keep your shield up and let me ramp up. And that's what he does. Fuck. <laughs> fuck like, that, dude, is that, that is ridiculous. crazy that is insane I and mean, right now I know somebody's listening to it probably Bob he thinks I'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> dude and I understand that in higher elos Symmetra because we'll just go through it again in higher elos Symmetra isn't as big of a problem and that's because higher level players are more efficient at killing squishy characters as a squishy character you have to be it's really about positioning properly right um to make sure you don't die but also make sure that you're getting damage and stuff like that and, and they're Symmetra, also more efficient at breaking shields too so she doesn't yes, have and they're also more efficient shield to go shields. off of but the thing about sim is that her like she can't position like other <laughs> dps's like she needs to be close to the fight i think her beam is is it nine meters? I can't remember off the top of my head. Like nine meters, I think. 
Shorter um, than Zarya is for sure. It's shorter than Zarya is for sure. But Zarya is a tank, so she can stay in the fight for longer. Not to mention she can pop a bubble on herself. She can also drop back, pop a bubble on somebody else to absorb some damage. And now she's a goddamn powerhouse. Um, with Sim, you 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 can't position like a re- other DPSs, right? Like you're not flanking like a like a, like a tracer or a Genji, and you're not. Uh, you know, like a McCree or a soldier or an Ash that can get high ground and then just, you know, do work. With Sim, you kind of have to be like, what are those fish that kind of like s- swim other under bigger fish? <laughs> like, I don't know what they're oh, called. Uh, Remora? I, I, don't, I don't know what they're called, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You've seen it in movies or at Aquarium if you've been blessed. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, she has to be like that with a tank. Like, you know, if I don't have a Ryan, you best believe I'm looking for the biggest fucker I can find to like bob and weave behind as I'm trying to put some heat onto a shield or onto an enemy. Like, and, and there's actually one of my strategies when I play Symmetra is that I might start a charge on a tank and get to level three. And as soon as I'm at level three, I turn my attention to a squishy. You just melt them right down. And then eventually, even if the tank does kill me, eventually the uh, the rest of my team should be able to handle that tank by himself. They have no support, right? Bro, bro, this is I I am not a fan of this. Like I'm just I'm not like. Are they trying to make Symmetra more viable on higher tiers? This is what I'm talking about. Like they shouldn't force it. They just shouldn't force it. You know? <sighs> Fuck, man. Fuck. <laughs> I don't like it. And I play that character. <laughs> you know, I play a character is not necessary. Ugh, okay. Well, let's talk Zarya now. Particle cannon, alternate fire radius reduced from two, three, two to three to one to two based on energy level. I think meters they're talking about? Must be. Um, they're talking about her, like, alternate fire grenades. So, I guess the effective range on it, which, I don't, that's a weird nerf to make, but I kind of get is, it. It is, like, it's unnecessary. You still have to be pretty close to somebody to, for it to do damage yeah in my opinion like if anything zarya, just give it zarya give it is damage. crazy fucking powerful right now and they've done several nerfs that are that affect zarya pretty heavy dude i don't think the problem is that uh, that zarya is just overpowered i think the problem is that people ignore her shields like they don't stop shooting at her and then there are some there's some um like with the Reaper buff, right? Like if he just puts one volley into a shield, he's gonna like really, really uh, put some energy in there. And most of the time, you'll put a shot or two into a Symmetra bubble. But with Reaper, like he puts two shots into it, she's probably at fucking forty energy just from that. And by the a way, Symmetra bubble. Man. No, I did say Symmetra bubble. Sorry, yeah, Zarya bubble. <laughs> Sorry, Zarya bubble. Um, yeah, but like, um, I don't know. I think in in most cases, people just continue to shoot her shields. And I know as a sim, I am guilty of it sometimes where I'll see the Zarya, um, I'll see the Zarya bubble herself and I will, I will continue to fire. But the reason I do that as sim is because one, when her bubbles up, I'm getting ammo back. It recharges my ammo. And two, if I'm like at level two and I hit the level three, I'm going to win that fight. When she drops that bubble, even if we have the same tracking... <laughs> I am going to win that fight as Symmetra, you know, um, more than likely. I've, I've, uh, you know, but 
Yeah, like I, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I guess that's more of a skill shot thing because a lot of people do use her grenade as a finisher. Like you almost always, if you're down to one or two energy left in your in your weapon, you finish off with a grenade because it costs the same amount. And right. when you're trying to finish off somebody after blasting them with, with your primary fire, uh, that reduction in range, yeah, that definitely makes it more of a, a higher skill cap thing. So yeah, if not, it, it's not a damage reduction. It's just a... Uh, Area it's a range effect. reduction. It's yeah. going to take more skill. I mean, I, probably, I I use it a lot to get Lucio's and stuff like that off the wall. Maybe knock a tracer off base. You know, like she zips into uh, to maybe like put a volley into one of our healers, and I'll just knock her off to the side a little bit. That helps. Fucking helps. So I'm not upset about that one. Um, I'm just a little confused. I didn't think it was necessary, but hey, I don't play in Masters and Grandmaster, so <laughs> we'll see. Now, this one, Zenyatta's getting a nerf, all right? They did this uh, before, like, the, almost the exact same thing. But all they're doing is making Jonak more powerful. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, well, the same, no, what they did before, his, his, so basically what's happening is the Orb of Discord, the effect, uh, the, the damage increase is being reduced from 30% to 25%. And the orb of discord is the damage is increased by two points from 46 to 48. Um, that's his primary fire orb of destruction, by the way. Right. The last time I did a Zen nerf, it was from 50% to 30%. So it was, a tw- it was pretty big. It was pretty significant nerf. I'm pretty sure it was 50%. Um, this, yeah. the 5% and they kept nerf. The, uh, they kept 50% damage on Zenyatta himself. But the team's damage, the team's extra damage was reduced to 30. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, I don't think that the Discord over is overpowered, right? It makes more sense because, like I said, Zenyatta's a glass cannon. If you can kill the Zenyatta, you don't got to worry about that Discord, you know? Not to mention, you know, Zen is, a, is shooting projectiles and most players aren't going to be that accurate with him. Uh, not to mention, your team has to listen to the call. Your team has to listen to the call to to make it really work out well. I don't think it's necessary. Maybe maybe it's because of all the damage bu- buffs we're seeing. Maybe that's why. That maybe that's actually a it, good point. It's because maybe it's because of all the damage buffs we're seeing. Like having that nerf on somebody just doesn't make as much sense. So, yeah. But God, I'm just looking at that Symmetra. Fucking, oh my God. Like, that's ridiculous to me. That is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things, it just seems like TTK. Right. You know? Um, yeah. The thing about this, this Symmetra buff that bothers me the most is I don't think it's going to make her that much more effective in higher tiers. For the exact reason I said, in higher tiers, they're, like she doesn't, she can't get really good positioning like other characters do and still be effective. You know, she's kind of really needs to be in the mix. So in higher tiers, she's going to get dealt with still. I don't think, and I, I don't, unless they change her, her kit some more, I just don't see that going away anytime soon. You know? I would have preferred to see a range increase on her primary fire rather than this. I wouldn't. Not at 190 damage per second. 
I, I think I think the the range I think the range right now is I think it's fair. I'm not gonna say it's a bit much. It's 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 fair, especially since you have to track now. I thought when uh, it was auto connect, that shit was ridiculous. It was too much. It was too easy, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, I think that's gonna get a reversion. <laughs> To be perfectly honest with you, I think it's going to get reverted. Maybe it won't because the key to sim is having good tracking. Like if you have good tracking, you get to level three like that, man. Like that. Like it, it doesn't take that long. I really need to stream me doing that shit. <laughs> like I really need to like stream and put the clips together of me just completely dismantling a team when we work together. And I think it's important to note it's when we work together, but also. Even when we're in groups where I'm just duoing, right? I don't even have to really work that well with my team, but we can still completely just demolish an enemy team, you know? But, you know, fuck. I think that's going to be a problem. We'll see. All right. So I think that's it. That is definitely it. We're done for the night. We're done with fresh episodes this week. I'm still looking to get the community episode out this week. So hopefully that'll be out by Friday and you guys can have another uh, some more Overwatch content since that's what everybody wants, right? That's why you're here. Um, like I said, thanks to you, everybody who who sent in community questions and feedbacks and ideas. Again, thank you guys very much. Really do appreciate it. Um, always, I talk always about the rank roles in Discord. Like I said, we're we are, you know, still looking for lower rank players to help our other lower rank players. So if you are in bronze or silver and you want to like team up with other people, you know come into the discord hop in one of the rank roles look in the pc lfg even if you're on console for instructions okay and i mentioned yesterday but i mentioned again xbox game night this friday night at 9 p.m eastern standard time and i am going to try really hard to be there because i haven't been there in quite some time so i'm gonna try to make it on, on on friday night and spend some time with you guys um ps4 game nights don't have the next one in uh you know, scheduled yet, but check in with Death Squad OG in the Discord in the PS4 channel. He is the one that normally organizes that and he does a great job, so he'll let you know what's on his mind, what he's thinking. And I don't have the Watchers tournament schedule. Um, but Ben like I think we covered that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, normally we live stream every Tuesday at nine PM Eastern Standard Time. We did this is this, we stream today. On Wednesday, because we were you know doing episodes back to back, but normally it's that Tuesday at nine p.m. Eastern Time. I don't even want to say nine p.m. because we it's sometime between nine and ten p.m. We usually start. So sorry about that. We need to get better. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we want to hear your Overwatch stories, so we're going to get into our contact info here in a little bit. We do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch, and uh, you can hop in there if you want to hook up with our console players, and they can. Um, you know, you guys can organize for game nights and stuff like that. And also, like I said, we want to have you in the Discord. So discord.me slash mash those buttons. And I always talk about Heroes of Overwatch, which is a Facebook Overwatch group that has some great players in it. So whether you just want to find new players to play with or, you know, keep up with the latest news, thank us the memes, check out Heroes of Overwatch. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Kender, you want to give your social media info? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at NerfKinderPlease, that's P-L-S, and YouTube and origin by the same name and actually xbox live now too <laughs> i forgot to switch uh, okay. that over yeah everything is nerf kinder please Take oh, it over. okay 
And I am Church of Ja on Twitter. And when I do stream, I stream here right on Mash Those Buttons. So twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons. Uh, like I said, we encourage you guys to reach out to us with comments and questions. So you can feel free to email us. That's WPR at MashThoseButtons.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or you can come into the Discord and reach out to us. That's all. Those are all valid ways. If you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash watchpointradio, or you can buy merch on our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash uh, teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And you can also become a Twitch subscriber, which is twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And with that, we are done for the night. WPR is done for the week. Thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Lady Taters. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.